going to always have a happy locker room after wins. Um, you know, but it is too early to say whether or not this is a sustained cultural change. But Matt Eberflus does deserve credit. He is very consistent in his message. He believes in his sits principle, and he has, you know, made his players believe in it too. Well, I think now being number one in the AP pool, we're going to have a big target on the Michigan State Spartans basketball team's back. And I think the past three or four games, we've been playing some lower tier teams. So blowing them out, going up on cupcakes, as they say. But now getting into Big Ten play, we're going to play, you know, the main, the meat of our schedule. So, you know, looking at teams like Maryland, Ohio State, Rutgers, they might not have the best records at the time, but they're going to give us, they're going to give Michigan State, they're all being, you know, the number one seed and they want to have, add that to their resume. So, you know, we always talk about whenever we get asked this question. You know, we say, we say how we love Melissa in the sense that Melissa was somebody that we all knew for years prior. So, you know, it was hard having her leave, but once Leah came, I mean, it was amazing. It was a whole new vibe. And, you know, we're, we're trying to win a championship here, and we know Leah's going to get us there. And we knew how great of a coach she was, how great of a person, how she is. And we knew when she came here that, like, we're going to give her everything we have, and we're going to – you know, take this team to a new level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Andy Reid's been a guy who obviously is well-respected, who's had a long, successful career up until this point, and that the one thing he was missing before Sunday was that Super Bowl win. So now he's got it. Shocking. I wouldn't say drafting Io DeSumo takes the Bulls to the next level by any means, but just the fact that he ended up in their lap in the second round, I think, was a huge blessing for this franchise and that he's got the chance to develop and be a really important key role player for this team in the future. Uh, wife and kiddo, uh, my oldest is seven and another one's five. And so they're getting to be where they can, you know, kind of put their input or, you know, they, of what city they like. And my wife to be comfortable too with where we're going because she's part of this journey as well. And I am a free agent and I, I haven't decided yet this uh, for this upcoming season. And, you know, it's a little bit, being in the offseason, it's a little bit nerve-wracking getting prepared and not having a team, but but it is what it is, you know. I'll just uh, keep enjoying the ride. As long as somebody wants me, I'll, I'll definitely be playing somewhere. Hey, this is Nate Jones, Major League Baseball player. Hey, everyone, it's Luke Stuckmeyer. This is Neil Doyle. Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Grody, the official Chicago Bears sideline reporter from 670 to score, an ISU Redbird alum. Hey everybody, Marcus Grant. Hey, this is Alex Stoner. Hey Redbirds, it's Leah Johnson. This is Mark Shanowski. It's now time. It's now time. It's now time for the fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special. And here's your host, Will Farlow. Welcome into the 68th episode of Sports Podcast that captures everything you want to know as the buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farlow here with you on September 15, 2022, welcoming listeners to the 68th episode of Will's fifth quarter special. I'm your host for the special edition on the fifth quarter sports talk where we're talking the Chicago Bears in 2022. The regular season has been underway for a week now as week two is getting set to begin this week with Thursday night football's matchup tonight. But the Bears, they will be playing on Sunday night football under the lights on Sunday night against the rival Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Just to start, Will's fifth quarter trivia will not be taking place on episode 68, so tune in for future future Will's fifth quarter special trivia questions on future Will's fifth quarter special episodes. I'm going to head into the interview portion of the show where it's our guest
guest appearance that doesn't need an introduction. He's been on the show many times before. It's Mark Grody, Chicago Bears sideline reporter at 670 The Score over at Odyssey Chicago. Does a really great job, as always, covering the Chicago Bears. He's kind enough to join us on this episode 68, and we're going to be recapping the uh, Bears' 19-10 victory this past Sunday on the San Francisco 49ers. We're going to cover any injury or roster news that might have taken place recently since that game. We're going to get his insight on where he feels the Bears are after that game, you know, they're where they're finding their identity for this year here in 2022. And then we're going to talk about Week 2's matchup, how the Bears might be able to do against that, and we'll each make our own predictions for the Week 2 matchup. So here is that interview with Chicago Bears sideline reporter Mark Grody. Mark Grody, Chicago Bears sideline reporter over at 670 The Score at Odyssey Chicago. Pleasure to have Mark back on the show once again, a regular Wilson Course special. Mark, how you been doing, man? Uh, it's good to hear from you. Doing great, Will. It's every day, baby. Bears are back, and since training camp, I've been in complete Bears mode for the season, and I love it. Yeah, and it appears they were in slip-and-slide mode, it almost looked like, this past Sunday. That was an interesting game. So just based on what you were seeing going into the game and just kind of give us a little bit of a recap of what you liked from week one and maybe what Bears team we have potential to see in this development season for uh, that team in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, obviously you get an unexpected win in week one. I don't think anybody picked – not, not a lot of people picked the Bears to beat the 49ers as the 49ers team, who which has tons of talent and obviously a young quarterback in Trey Lance. So it was a, a nice surprise, let's put it that way. Um, obviously, we have to take the elements for what I'm about to discuss the offense, but the offense has got to be better. Um, 204 net yards, 3.6 yards per play, the, you know, rushing game, 2.7 yards. I think that's the part I was most disappointed in, in terms of in ter- if we're just going to be really critical, is that in those conditions, and, and I don't expect anybody to be great in those conditions, but you would think that their the run game would have some sort of advantage, and it just it really did not culminate for the Bears, for Khalil Herbert and Dave Montgomery. But what we saw out of Justin Fields was a rough first half, took matters into his own hands, I thought, in, in, in the second quarter on that late drive. I thought it carried over into the into the third and fourth quarters, and we saw a different Bears team and two really nice touchdown passes, you know, with, with Dante Pettis and Equinemia St. Brown coming up with those. So, there are definitely things that have to get better and still ramp up for the Bears, but it was an encouraging first win. I don't know that it suggests that things are going to be different than we all thought for the Bears. Um, you know, they're just still the, – the dynamic talent for the Bears is missing, and some of it, like Justin Fields, is still developing. So this is a, a work in progress still. No, I completely agree. I take this year as kind of – I compare it to another team in Chicago and the White Sox when they were retooling and developing that team. So I really think that's what we saw from the Bears as well in week one, just my take on it, Mark, was just seeing the defense, you know, some new faces together, you know, especially Jaquan Brisker 
having a pretty good play in his first game as a Chicago Bear in the NFL. And I definitely agree about the offense. I think the run game, it almost feels like these players just need to get chemistry that'll take time, obviously, um, in this new offensive scheme. Uh, I'm curious how you feel about their receiving situation. I mean, Dante Pettis played pretty well, but where do you see the potential at this point with their uh, receiving core going into week two? Room for somebody to show themselves. The story has been and still is Darnell Mooney is your one sure thing, and the rest is kind of open. There is room for somebody, whether it maybe it's Equinemia St. Brown, maybe it's Byron Pringle who had a nice play in the game. Uh, maybe it's eventually Bayless Jones Jr. once he gets over his hamstring injury, but absolutely nothing has changed in that regard in terms of who is going to be that that other guy other than is Cole Komet. Is, is Cole Komet going to be that guy? He was shut out in the game, essentially. Darnell Mooney, and we're going to see this a lot this year with Mooney, where teams are, you know, in, in his third year, you know, teams know Mooney now. There's more game planning for him, unlike really his first year and a half where there wasn't as much of that. Now teams circle Darnell Mooney and say, all right, how can we take this guy away? And, you know, one of these other guys that, you know, with the guys that I just mentioned, who's going to jump in and get those catches and earn the trust of Justin Fields? So it it was definitely an encouraging start. You know, you mentioned Dante Pettis. You know, maybe he is that guy. Uh, maybe Equinemius St. Brown has does have new life in Chicago, unlike Green Bay, where it just didn't work out for whatever reason. But I would say nothing has really changed. The jury is still out, and there is and there's an opening at wide receiver, I think, for the Bears still. Yeah, and that seems like a good thing for Chicago. One thing I want to touch on as well that seemed really different, and you've been around this team a lot more than I have, obviously, being at the training camp preseason and over at Hallis Hall, do you notice a big difference beginning possibly with that culture in the you know locker room with uh, the team being led by a general manager now, Ryan Poles and uh, Matt Eberflus? Because it looked like on Sunday a different Bears team that had more fight to them and a little more confidence on the field. Yeah, I mean, they have they bought into the Matt Eberflus system, which essentially is Hustle and accountability. We want to just really narrow it down to the to the rudimentary parts. And for one week and one game, we saw it. It was well executed. And yes, there if you're going to always have a happy locker room after wins, um, you know. But it is too early to say whether or not this is a sustained cultural change. But it, Matt Eberflus does deserve credit. I mean, he is as many coaches are, he is, he is very consistent in his message. He believes in his his principle, and he has, you know, made his players believe in it too. And there are guys who I think were a little bit concerned with it at first. Like Jalen Johnson straight up admitted he was a little skeptical of the hits principle at first and all the accountability and the loafs and the way they're graded. But he, he said – he is bought in, and they played like it on, on Sunday. So I like seeing that. We'll see how it looks when, you know, there's a loss 
um, somewhere along the line, or if there are struggles, do the Bears continue to buy in? Do they continue to hustle and be accountable even in bad moments and in bad games and in bad losses and whatever the case may be? So while everything is good right now, and, you know, I've been in the locker room every day this week, and it's very upbeat and all of that, but that is typical of early in the season and, and also typical of going 1-0. So we'll just – I'll I'll reserve complete judgment on, a, on an overall cultural change until, you know, middle of the season maybe when we could really start to see a little bit of, um, you know, volatility, as it were. Yeah, of course. I completely agree. I think just what I meant by that even is just to kind of see, you know, you can observe some positives beginning. You know, I think the key word, and I shared it with the Wilson Court Special fans before this interview on the episode 68, is potential, I think, is a key word in this development season for the Chicago Bears. And they're going into Lambeau Field on week two, a team they're very familiar with, uh, facing a lot of adversity against in Green Bay. Um, you know, Green Bay is definitely more, has more, I guess, proven talent, but Mark, Green Bay lost pretty roughly in week one against the Minnesota Vikings. So considering on their home turf they're going to be really trying to bounce back, how can the Bear, a young and still growing Bears team in week two uh, maybe put up a good fight at Lambeau on Sunday night? Yeah, well, I was talking to Cole Komet about that, about the Packers, and with the bigger picture being, hey, it's, it's early, not every team, and I'm sure including the Bears, not every team is revved up yet. There, it's a shorter preseason. Fewer and fewer players, key players, are playing in the preseason than, say, you know, even only 10 years ago. So this is kind of a good time to maybe sneak attack some of these teams that, like San Fran and like Green Bay, both of whom were and are, in the Packers' case, favored against the Bears, while they don't have all their stuff together yet, this is a good time to sneak up on teams like that and get those crucial early victories that really show up down the road for the Bears. So it's interesting when you look at their schedule because it's a tough game at Green Bay, obviously. They're not favored, and I totally get that. If somehow they could pull it off based on your question and the the concept of, you know, sneaking up on good teams early, then you got a little light, lightning up in the schedule with a home game against Lovey Smith and Houston. Then you're at the Giants. So a couple of games right there where, you know, you could say, hey, you know, maybe the Bears wouldn't be favored against a team like Houston. I don't know. Um, and then, you know, then you're at Minnesota, and I think Minnesota right now is a touch better than the Bears. But, yeah, man, I mean, I think early season wins are a really big to set a tone for the season. And a team like this, you know, I think we throw around words like confidence building and things like that a little too loosely sometimes. But I think in the case of a team like this, which reads people are saying about them and it's said about them, Essentially, since the began, the Bears are one of the worst teams in football. To hear all that and then to get a win right out of the gate, I think that that there there is something to confidence for a team, a young team like the Bears. In some cases, developing players for the Bears, and then in a lot of cases, just 
guys that are on one-year contracts that probably won't be here next year. Yeah, and just to double-check, you mentioned an injury to Zalus Jones Jr. Just to fill in Wilson Core special fans, are there any key injury situations pre to week two that we should uh, keep an eye on? No, you know, he's it, man. In terms of a serious injury, there's only been so far this week and there's one more day, but and we'll find out tomorrow on Friday what the designations are for the players. But Valus Jones Jr. is the the only one who did not practice. You know, they had a couple of guys that returned. So and 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 unfortunately for the Bears' sake and Valus' sake, he's actually downgraded. He, he um what day is today? Today's Thursday. He on Wednesday was limited in practice. Thursday did not practice because of the hamstring injury. So I'd be really surprised at this point if Bayless Jones Jr. plays on Sunday, which is too bad because, you know, while you can't expect a you know third-round rookie to come in and, and be the focal point of your offense, there are a lot of things that they wanted to do and attempt to do considering his athleticism and his speed and his yards after the catch and all the stuff that he was able to accomplish at Tennessee. So um, it's too bad because I, I, I want to see what Bale Jones is all about, but it looks like they're going to be extra careful with his hamstring. We'll see, though. I mean, maybe there's a surprise on Friday, but it's not looking good right now. Well, Mark, we appreciate your time. One more question while we have you here, uh, here on episode 68 of Wilson Court Special. Do you have any big prediction or just what's your view of how week two's game could churn out on Sunday night at Lambeau in your eyes? I think the Packers are going to win. I think that at home, Aaron Rodgers' dominance of the Bears is real for whatever reason. He apparently takes the beating the Bears, the big city in the division very seriously. What we talked about earlier, Green Bay coming off a loss, and you know, it was last year that it, it was against the Saints where Aaron Rodgers and the Packers got smoked, and then they did what they did last year. So, I mean, we're talking about the reigning MVP and Aaron Rodgers and still a Bears team, which you know, I, I, I mentioned some of the, the issues that they had in that game. So, It'll be a close game. I don't. I don't see the Packers running away with. It. I'd say something like twenty-four to seventeen is what I'm looking at uh, for the Packers. So I don't think this is like last year where you had the the embarrassing game at on the road and then the I still own you game, which was close at Soldier Field. But if you're asking me to pick, I'd probably say Green Bay twenty-four, Bears seventeen. Yeah, I definitely have something similar. I think. On the Bears' side, Bears fans should probably expect a good test for this young team that needs to develop. It can kind of give them an indicator of where they need to continue to grow their potential and uh, where, you know, it could help them continue in what's beginning to hopefully be the right direction in this development season. Mark Grody, pleasure to have you on. Now, we want to let Willis the Court Special fans know where they could check you out on Twitter. So where can they read any uh, exciting and uh, helpful Bears updates? Yeah, I mean, I do most of my Bears info uh, as far as social media on Twitter, at Mark Grody Sports. I'm also on the score throughout the week. Um, I've got a couple of definite times. I'm I'm on Mondays and Wednesdays on the afternoon show on 670 The Score, and I'm also on Wednesdays on Molly and Haw 
on the score and then just and whenever anybody needs me. So check check me out on the score and you can follow me on Twitter for all the Bears information. Will score special saying you hear it here first. Uh Mark, you're a friend of the show and uh somebody I respect a lot in the sports industry. So thank you for your time and we uh here at the show wish you continued uh best of luck. Already covering well so far in the year, but uh we wish you continued uh support and luck moving forward. Thank you. Thanks, Will. Always fun coming out with you, buddy. Will Sithcore Special Fans, host Will Farrell here with you on episode 68. Pleasure to have Mark Grody, Chicago Bears sideline reporter for 670 Score, joining us here on episode 68. And the Chicago Bears have potential, I think is the right word. We knew about this season under new management in the front office with general manager Ryan Poles, a newly led coaching staff by former defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, who has impressed me so far. Just seeing how the team played in preseason, looked in training camp, and in the first week. Now, of course, that's only one game. We still have a lot more games in the regular season still to take place. I think it's really positive in terms of just how he's looking so far in the role of a head coach. Now, will there probably be some issues along the way? Of course. When any new coach comes along, there are the good and the bad. So, I wish Matt Eberflus nothing but the best as head coach i think this bears team it'll be interesting i think for week two we have seen the packers historically last year when they had a rough week one they bounced back in week two from it so i think the bears will really have to just be smart defensively like they were in week one so that's what i really liked about it too is their defense was very solid considering some of the new faces they just need to continue doing that i think offensively i'd like to see justin fields get a little bit more involved with his receivers so we wish the bears nothing but the best of luck as we mentioned here on episode 68 they will be facing the green bay packers on the road at lambeau field uh, this Sunday, September 18th, 7.20 p.m. kickoff. Now we're headed into the favorite ending segment of the show everyone enjoys. It's Will's Sports Movie Moment. We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest co-hosts, and our listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie and compare it to modern day sports. And listeners can also hop onto the podcast Facebook profile and Twitter page, and on Twitter use the hashtag Will's Fifth Quarter Special for a chance to have them read on future Will's fifth quarter special episodes. So mine's going to be related to football, and I've really thought about this one, the best one I can compare to the Chicago Bears, and I think a good movie has to be Rudy. I think it's a really good movie. It, you know, outlines adversity, you know, just beating obstacles, and it reminds me a lot the style of Rudy's character in the movie, how he plays as a player, to what Coach Everflus promotes, you know, his hit principle, being a good teammate, you know, being there for your other teammates, and it's visible in this scene where Rudy is promised by Coach Era Parsegian that he gets to dress one game and be on the field, you know, make a promise to show people, hey, you know, that are close to him, that have hurt him, that he's worth it, you know, that he did achieve his goal. And, you know, they can't see him when he's on the practice squad, so he, he gets his promise, but when a new coach comes in, he's not following that promise during senior year, so um, his captain, uh, Steele, I believe was his last name on the jersey in the movie, number 21, the cornerback, goes to the coach and, you know, just gets him to... You know, consider it. You know, and he says, I want Rudy to dress in my place. You know, here's the captain, one of the best players on the team, standing up for Rudy. And, you know, his other teammates follow suit as well. So I think that's really comparable right now to the Chicago Bears, where they are. And, you know, they're, uh, Justin Fields being the leader of this young offense, you know, a, a second year quarterback. And, you know, it just shows. You know, the way Justin Fields gave the ball to the general manager and the head coach. You know, after their first win this year in week one, I thought that was a really wonderful gesture. And it reminds me a lot of that in Rudy, you know, comparing that situation to 
a Chicago Bears team that seems to really have a really positive change thus far within their locker room and coaching staff. And I think it really is going to help the Bears, despite the wins and losses they might face this year, to just continue that in the right direction, to continue to build that team camaraderie and, you know, like how Rudy is confident and there for others. That's what Coach Eberflus is promoting with this Bears team. I really like that comparison for this Will's Sports Movie Moment favorite choice of mine. Like I said, I think that compares really well to the Chicago Bears, and that'll be my Will's Sports Movie Moment favorite. That is all the time we have in Episode 68 of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. Tune in next time as we will continue to cover the now offseason of the Chicago Sky, uh, the beginning in the next few months of the season of the Chicago Bulls. We'll get you started in preseason, all things coming up as they unfold. We'll continue to cover the finish of the regular season in the next few weeks to month of the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox. We'll continue to cover the early regular season of the Chicago Bears. And as always, we will continue to cover all things collegiate sports, especially as we do on episodes known as the Redbird Sports Update, where we talk about all things Illinois State University Redbird Athletics. I want to thank our debut. I want to thank our guest appearance, Mark Grody, for coming on the Wheels Fifth Quarter Special, Episode 68. Mark, we appreciate your time and continued support of what we do here on the Fifth Quarter Sports Talk. We wish you nothing but the best in your continued work and coverage of the Chicago Bears over at 670 The Score. So thanks again, Mark. Pleasure to have you on again as usual. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, you turn to us for your fifth quarter sports talk. I'm your host, Lil Farrell, along with our guest appearance, Chicago Bears sideline reporter Mark Grody, saying so long from Will's fifth quarter special. To continue to hear your fifth quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's fifth quarter specials on our new website at willsfifthquarterspecial.com. Get on in, join the sports conversation, share any opinions or thoughts on all things sports. Head to the Twitter page at William D. Farlow and share it with us with the hashtag Will's Fifth Quarter Special. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter never stops here at Will's Fifth Quarter Special.